are back on Being Community Radio. All right. 72nd episode. We are opening up together. My name is Aurea. I'm your host. And if you know me, you know me. If you don't know me, you actually know me. You do. <laughs> what does that mean? That means that I am your cosmic brother. I'm speaking to you. I'm reminding you. And I'm really just telling you, you're doing fine. You're evolving just fine now. You really are. You've been waiting for this, for this time, for these days, for a long time. This is the first time in humanity's history that we have arrived at such mass awakening. And it may look like the internet right now because we're all connected through the internet. And yet at the same time, the readiness and the level of openness that is happening in the world right now to accept our divinity, to accept our own responsibility in creating this world, in creating this reality. It's happening. I'm doing this show every week. Two different shows, 8 to 9, 9 to 10. This is the second show, the Being Community Radio. I'm here with Sam Libowitz, the creator, the founder, the primary visionary for this alter- talking, talking alternative. alternative.com. We also have George, the new show, what do we call him? Engineer. Engineer and magician, uh, who is also just came back from a great gig and play. And he's, he's yeah, and he's a good looking man. You know, did you notice like since George came back from Florida, he like looks more handsome, I think. He does. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, hey, one day we're going to get you on the mic too right now. Yeah. See, that, everybody's on the mic here. <laughs> That's why it's called Being Community Radio. It's a community radio. It's about being a community and a radio. And all of you that are listening, because I know there are listeners from Side Arabia, Korea, whatever. You don't really know who we are, but you do. That's the point. You really, 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 really do. And well, by now they know who, they, who you are because they've probably been listening for the last 15 months. <laughs> well, sometimes we have to lay the foundation. Yeah. And so many of us who are being called to do work we know it, and yet we don't show up. Honestly, these are the best, one of the best two hours in a week that I, you know, I get to show up here, and I get to really put in my time and show up for community and have the hours recorded and just be there forever and ever and ever. And I know for a fact so many of us need to do work and lay down the foundation right now, not just for us, but for generations to come. They're going to study this time. They're going to study the era in which we went from fighting and competing to cooperating. And it's going to happen, and it's happening right now at this century. It's happening as we speak. We are, that you know, the, 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 this is the revived mystery school era, reviving the mystery school. This is the time where 21st century mystics are coming out and they're having support, and this podcast is part of that support. Today, Sam, you had a... A uh, TEDx talk. It was your first. I'm really yeah. curious about that manifestation showing up. You know, did you dream about it? How did it come about? Oh, Take been, us through it. I've been dreaming about this for years. I mean, from the first time, from the first time that I ever saw a TED TED video, I was like, oh, I would love to be able to do that. I mean, I've been doing public speaking since I was in college. I was on the speech and debate team. I still remember the first you know, speech I ever gave in, in front of a judge. I, I'd written out the entire speech on index cards, and I went up to give it, and I couldn't read my own handwriting. And it was like the worst speech I've ever given in my life. But the good news is, it was the worst speech I ever gave in my life, and I only got better from there. And I just found that the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it, and, and and the more I wanted to do it. And I just, it never occurred to me early on to like make a career out of it. I joined Toastmasters, you know, once I graduated school and I practiced. And I just looked for any excuse to, to really talk. And I didn't really think about it as a career as a business until years later when you know all these uh, personal development people that they, they started doing great like tony robbins and t harv eckert and and sometimes you know i'd see these guys up there on stage and i'd listen to them and and i remember i went to this one woman's like marketing workshop and i'm like i could do that better i, I can like hell, this, this woman is crying cock, crocodile tears. She doesn't really mean what she says. Hey, I've used that quote in my workshops, and I've said it like 10 times better. So um, 
for me, this was literally a dream come true. But the big lesson to me was... Yeah, well, before the lesson, uh, what are you, okay. from the America? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born and bred in Manhattan, grew up in the Bronx. I'm right, a so New Yorker. You, before you get to the lesson, tell us about the... You know, the reality of it, because I'm sure people coming up to you and they're going, oh, yeah, man, great, TEDx, wow, wow, TED, wow, it's amazing. Now, let's get real. Mm. How was it to fantasize about it, and how was the actual experience? Well, to fantasize about it was great. The actual experience, <laughs> uh, not so much. Because oh, no, wait, we'll back it up. That's good. <laughs> Let just people hear it, because, again, this is, this is my 72nd podcast. This is the most comfortable I've, I've, I've ever felt, and it's been a slow, awkward process yeah. of just yeah. like pulling teeth and hoping that, you know, Manhattan goes on fire and the podcast <laughs> canceled, and I still don't give out the phone number. You know, 877-480-4120. Yeah, but I get annoyed when people pick up the phone here. We're going to have to work that out. And every time, and, and you know, I do these, uh, I, I, I'm a, I do these talks and these community gatherings and private sessions and group sessions. And the day leading up to it, I'm always so pumped up. I listen to this great mm -hmm. content. I get inspired and write notes. I have a feeling I want to take everybody to like the gates of heaven and we're going to climb up Jacob's ladder and <laughs> people are just going to just going to be like, oh my God, I see who I am now. This is amazing. And it's just not like that, you no. know, by the time I, I do it. it right. It's never the podcast that I fantasize about. I don't know about never, but rarely. So I know for me, I just wanted to back it up and let the people know that all the stuff that you're fantasizing about and wanting to do, it's not just normal. It's expected for it to be different once you do it, right? Right, because it's so nerve-wracking practicing it's you know you're always worried about the mistakes you're going to make instead of how good you're going to be 16 minutes how long did you have um yeah 16 minutes 16 and technically i had up to 16 and a half minutes when i practiced my talk i came in right around 15 minutes and when i actually got up there to do it and, and now I'm the kind of guy, I, at least lately, I love doing extemporaneous speaking. I love doing the kind of speaking that's not a pre-written script, that just kind of, you know, what is the inspiration and you go with it. And, and when I was back in college days, when I do the speech tournaments, like I was the best at what they called um, uh, table topics, right? They give you like a little, uh, a little quote and then you had to come up with a seven minute speech like off the top of your head. And that's what I was good at. But doing a prepared speech, like actually having things written out and knowing what you're going to say ahead of time and memorizing it and doing it, oh, that was like torture for me. Did you have a PowerPoint slide? Yeah, I had some slides. What I did is, and, and this is the way I use them, is I created these, and they were just pictures. Uh, you know, the, the text was just the title, and everything else was pictures after that because that's how I could remember my stories and what I wanted to tell and, and sort of pace myself through it. So those were the visual cues for me. What would you do differently? Next time? Um, hmm. I, the only thing I would do differently is just practice more. Like, like prepare, start preparing a little bit earlier and practice a little bit more beforehand. But why? other than that... Why, why, why? What would that do that you didn't experience today? To, to just give a little bit more confidence so that I wouldn't worry so much about forgetting or remembering exactly the words that I'd written down on the paper. The preparation is to just build that confidence that it, it's in your body, that, that you know the stuff enough that it doesn't matter if you say it the exact right way, that you know you're really going to tell the story you want to tell, you which believe, I did do. Did you believe in what you are saying? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. All right, so that felt good. Yeah. So what was your lesson? Um, to prepare? No. <laughs> oh, but the lesson in this, no, it was about how it came to me. Okay. It's about how the universe, you know, they say all the time, like, you focus on the what, don't worry about the how. That's right. And this opportunity came to me for, to me, what was through the most unexpected channel. Because it came to me through an old friend of mine who I've known probably 25 years or more. 
But he was always kind of a little bit of a sketchy character. You know, he was always someone who lived on the fringe, on the edge. And and he talked a great game, but he never really manifested anything. He never really showed up. And and so there are lots of times in the past when he's come up to me and said, oh, I got this great thing or that great thing. Why don't you get involved with this or get involved with that? And he'd always make these grandiose promises and they just nothing ever manifested. And right. then Not nothing until this time, until this time. And then he was like, you know, maybe I can make up all this stuff. How would you like to do a TEDx talk? There's going to be a TEDx Upper West Side. And he connected me to the organizer. And I talked with him and I gave him my idea for the talk. And he liked it. And, and it and it came about. And today I did it. Um, so Are you going to be really depressed tomorrow? No, because that's when I, when I have like these great things leading up to it, then I have the experience. I sometimes I experience a contraction because. So what happens so if Ted if so if Ted picks it, and it goes on, you know their website. The Ted website, yeah. So you're going to charge me double, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> then, then I'm just letting everybody know my prices for my healing work, my coaching work, for everything I do starts going up. All right, good. Maybe you need to start raising it now. Yeah, I think I will. All right, good. Good. See, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all consciousness. It's all games. It's all play. Uh, I realize for as long as I keep a percentage of what I do, you know, uh, free or sliding scale or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, mm-hmm. then... I ke- then I do have the place within me that I know it's not all about money. Well, it's it's never all about money for me anyway. But right. it's it, it should be actually a little bit more about money now with my kid and wife and crazy things. But you know, slowly, slowly but surely. The point is, there is something about this society and this culture, especially that we have invented this concept called money. I think it's important for us to be comfortable with playing in it and exemplifying. We talked about it before exemplifying what we can do right. and money right now is is really a really amazing amazing symbol of commitment it really is yeah not I mean, everything it's, should it's, cost money it, but it's really just a, an energy exchange and it's just it's really sort of how we value ourselves right how much we charge people is really how much we're saying we are worth how much our time is worth how much our energy is worth and 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 you know it's not about charging outrageous you know ten thousand dollars a day but to say that look we all contribute something wonderful and we all deserve to have a good life and and what we bring to what we do is worth you know being supported in in a comfortable way at the very least so what do you so ted it goes up to the ted web ted.com or whatever then you want to be invited more to speak more absolutely absolutely so if, if you could would you want more clients or would more uh, you'd want more speaking opportunities well for me sp- the truth the speaking opportunities okay, good. because it's a I way of affecting more people at the Doesn't same matter, time it's because it's more fun for you and it's more fun a lot right? of fun it's more fun for you no, it's i mean you're whenever i did about. those exercises in the past when i went to seminars and they were like oh envision your perfect day 10 years from now it always involved TEDx. like yeah yeah in the moon of the budding trees I was gifted new eyes to see All of the shift and shape and ways you can be Wake the dreams into realities Wake the dreams into realities Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks The language of no words is how we speak We are back, being community radio. We are talking about a bunch of things, but again, you know, a lot of you watch TED, and I know Sam for a while, and it was so exciting for Mm. me to get a text message, an email, and that's something that happens a lot with people who do their work and people who meet your imagination and people who are willing to acknowledge your biggest dreams and take them in small chunks but actually, you know, show up. So Sam comes to me and says, hey, I was invited to speak at TED Upper West Side. 
And that is such great news. Again, this is an example of somebody that's facing their work, facing their longing, facing their fantasies and their dreams. It doesn't matter how many years go by and what people are saying or thinking or you know, really being open to it, allowing your imagination to be free, Sam, has yeah. enabled you to attract and invite this into your life. And you did it today, and I'm sure, I mean, you were a nervous wreck for quite some time. You couldn't focus. I saw yeah. you. you <laughs> it was kind of difficult. And I imagine that, and I do, I, I'm a big fan of the awkward stage. I, I'm sure that because it was Ted, it added like a level of... Absolutely. I mean, I mean to me, that this was like such a... a um, uh, uh, I, I put so much meaning behind it. Because to me, I know the possibilities behind the implications of what could happen. Like, if this gets picked up, I understand. Like, you get a TED video posted on the TED website, that can make people's careers. That can launch people's careers. I mean, of course, you, you have to be prepared. You have to be ready for it. And so I really, especially with my first one, I just I wanted so badly to do a good job. I really wanted this to be something that I could be proud of, even if they didn't publish it. You know, I just wanted to, to, to do well enough to be proud of it. And I also wanted to say, if it, I'm, I could be wrong, but if it wasn't for doing this work and working with you wrong. for the past couple of years, I, I don't think this would have, opportunity would have come to me. I, I really feel it, it, I attracted it, because of the change that I've seen inside myself after working with you for this past couple of years and just feeling better about myself, feeling more comfortable in my skin, feeling like it's okay to be me. That's nice. I uh, <laughs> appreciate the, the words. And yet, honestly, it's the work that you bring to it. Like the people that have come and work with me Right. Uh, and I position myself as a mystery school teacher, which means that you're ultimately working with yourself right. and you just don't mind knowing that w when we work together, it's not going to be a direct like, oh, here's what I'm going to get from you and this is right. what I'm going to learn. Right. It's more about two brothers or a brother and a sister or whatever it is, the dynamic, right. uh, cosmic lovers. There's many different dynamics that we play out that says, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what uh, to see my own blind spots. I'm ready to see what I'm afraid of, and I'm ready to remember once again my dream. And I'm ready to do it in community, because ultimately, all the this is called being community radio for a reason. Right. The the part of you that's great, the greatness, the potential, you can't do alone. Not because you you can't, but it's impossible. That's not the point. Life, see, life is split off into. 8 billion pieces so each of us individually can become our own source of energy can become our own source of imagination and at the same time work together and co-create something here's the thing we you know we all get born that's a, that's a fact right <laughs> so we come out of the womb and we spent the first 9 10 months in the womb feeling you know we're alive we get our nutrients we get everything we get fed everything is just safe and protected and we don't have to do anything and then boop, we get sped out into this world and the first thing that happens to us is we feel alone and we we literally individuate through our consciousness with this sense of i'm here on my own this is for me to grow this is my mm -hmm. place to be alive and there seems to be a cosmic or a global like crisis of consciousness because religion, lower consciousness, whatever it may be, has made us feel like we have suffered some sort of a cutoff. Like we got thrown away from paradise, we got exiled from Eden, original sin, uh, eating from the tree of uh, knowledge. All these metaphors and myths just to explain the fact that we were actually born. We came out of the womb. We came out of a very safe, protected space that we didn't have to do anything. And now we are each individualized and having the potential and the capacities to grow up and develop. So we realize that we are our own universes. And so that's the trick. The trick is to realize that the illusion, right? The illusion of separateness and the illusion that we are all apart actually begins with birth. 
Hmm. It actually does, and it's a real experience. And our job and our work is to cut off our ties to our mothers and to our fathers. Because for as long as we do have our ties, our neediness to our mothers and fathers, which get projected into um, all our relationships. And for as long as we do have the cord tied in, then we're not truly whole. We're not truly released back into the, you know, the wholeness and the big picture of life. And that's something that people need to really understand. That for as long as you're projecting your neediness and the, 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 the cord, the tie-in that you have with your parents, and that can be metaphorical parents, actual parents, world parents, or what you're projecting on in your relationship, then you are not truly living the original purpose of life. The original purpose of life, the Big Bang, the separation, the alienation, it really is to give us individually the power to recognize our own divinity, our own completion or completeness, our own wholeness. And this whole journey has been about us recognizing it. I, I feel very lucky and blessed and fortunate that we live in a life that these conversations are not totally in the fringe. We're doing it digitally. It's going on iTunes and SoundCloud and TokenAlternative.com. Back in the day, right. we would be hung. We would be killed. We would be burned alive just for saying these same things. Or at the very least, ostracized and made fun of. Right. So we have that in our DNA. We're still afraid. We're still waiting and hoping to be saved and to be discovered. There's a lot of us that are just waiting for the outside to validate us. And this whole movement, this whole idea of reviving the mystery schools is to really give us the opportunity to give us the option mm. to recognize that this is about our own wholeness, our own divinity. Mm. This is about cutting off from the world parents, really, and recognizing that we are the parents. We are the givers. We are the doers. We are the ones who nourish ourselves. And that is the hardest thing right now humans are doing or are in the journey of doing. You must, you must cut yourself off from your parents. And I know that sounds weird. You, st- you can still be there for them. You can still acknowledge them and love them and take care of them. But the sense of neediness, the sense of needing their validation and needing their approval, which is what most people experience with their teachers, right. with their partners, right. with their friends, that is the cause of you. This is when you are identifying with being separated. This is you identifying with a part. It's almost like, it's not like it's what's happening. People are born and they feel alienated because they came out of the womb. And now they spend their entire life preaching that, saying, well, I'm alone. I came out of the womb. I don't, I, nobody can feed me. I came out of the womb. I'm not strong enough. I came out of the womb. And honestly, that's what people are doing. Hmm. that's literally what we have all been doing and we come up with all these great metaphors and it's that simple Hmm. we were safe and protected for a while and then we got thrown into this universe and we haven't had our parents themselves didn't have the right rite of passages our parents didn't have their own journeys into wholeness so they projected on us that we actually need them and we should get their validation and I mean I find myself with my son you know, say things like say stupid things. Say you know, asking him rhetorical questions like whatever it is. I'm not going to get into it right now, but it's just really allowing my kid to be his own person. It's such an important task, and not saying be careful and not you know making sure that he does things just to make me feel comfortable. That is that that's really robbing him of his right. own independence, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to negate the or fight or whatever word you want to use the illusion of separation and realize that you've been separated from the moment you came out of the womb and to really surrender back to the cosmic womb surrender back to the safety to the nourishment to the nurturing that life has for you by default instead of seeing your mother and your father as your parents you see mother earth as the mom you see father sky as the father Hmm. and you realize that you know as long as there is earth and water and rain and fire, you have everything that you need. And this whole journey is really just for that. It's to say, 
goodbye to your sense of neediness and alienation just because we were split from our parents, we were split from life, and to say thank you and to surrender back to the cosmic womb. And then the next thing that happens, we start taking care of other people. And we don't know where to begin, don't know how to fit in, caught in between the lines, fighting this world from inside, can't go back, we're on a one-way track, it's been a million miles gone, is it taking us to where we You're listening to Being Community Radio. Aurea just gave us a very nice talk on the cosmic womb and being birthed from it and this illusion of separation. And, you know, it it does take work to get back to that feeling of safety. It does take effort. It does take, I think, experience more than anything else. You know, we we talk about these things, we learn about these things, and it's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to hear about it, see a video about it, listen to a podcast about it. But, But in my experience, it really took having the experience to really understand what that meant. Right. And to understand or to feel it, right? Or to feel to it. Feel. To feel it and then to be able to hold that feeling. You know, we talked before. Hold, hold, hold the feeling or generate it? What, it's, or, what has it been like for you? For me, it's... it's hmm, is hold it or generate it? That's a, to reinterpret, it's really sort of getting used to a new inter- interpretation of reality. Right. To be able to at least come back for it, right? To come right. back to it. Like, uh, I think... Uh, you know, the real work is facing what comes in between you and that, and right. the peace and the feeling right. of safety. Right. It's, it's and, so and, subtle. And, and getting there, it, it's not a linear process. It's not a like, you know, every single week you're doing a little bit better. Every single month you're doing a little bit better. It's sometimes you're feeling great and other times you're feeling lousy. And, and over the two years that I've been doing this work, I mean, there was... I, I really put a lot of effort into it. And, and there was a lot of internal and external or, or internal resistance that manifested externally that I had to go through to really do my work. So it's not like it's all easy, fun and games, although it is a lot of fun and it is enjoyable, but, but it's still, it, it takes effort. It takes initiation. It takes a commitment to really get there to now I can say two years later, like yeah, I can recognize the difference in myself. It's it's definitely not fun to be face to face with your selfishness. It's not fun to be face to face with your greed. It's not fun to your be face to face with your jealousy or uh. envy, not feeling good enough, feeling like other people are doing it better than you because yeah. they are obviously better than you. And those places, those, you know, the real wrinkles that generate your fears and your insecurities, the wrinkles in your, I can't say in your soul because your soul is definitely not wrinkled, but right. it can be in your imagination, yeah. the places in you that, what throws you off? You know, it could be, it could be a commercial on TV that you go, oh, well, I can't have this life. Uh, or it could be an, a fun post from a friend of yours on Facebook that mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm not doing it. And those little things, they actually matter so much. I can, I'm not the only one. I mean, I'm very surprised that people say things like I'm, a, I'm an empath. Not about me, just themselves. Yeah, yeah. People say things like, oh, I just discovered I'm an empath. There is no such thing, an empath. <laughs> we are all empaths, okay? <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You go to MDMA therapy and you increase certain uh, chemicals and processes in your body, and all of a sudden, everybody's an empath. Right. Everybody's an empath. We just block it. Right. That's the whole thing. It's like we're all shutting it off. We're all cutting ourselves off from that side of ourselves, and all of a sudden, we discover it, and we think it's something special. It's like, no, we all got it. It's just we've, through societal programming, we've been taught to block it off. That's right. We literally numb ourselves. So we are all empaths. We all... It's what we do, okay? It's what, why, you know what? I feel like we have developed speech because somehow 
we have been ignoring the way we feel so much that we started to uh-huh. communicate it. Yeah. Because technically speaking, communication should, shouldn't be so complicated as it is right now. Like When I sit next, honestly, when I lay, lay, lay next to my, my wife at night at mm-hmm. home and I say, hey, how you feeling? I know I'm like <laughs> planets away if that's the conversation I'm having. I'm uh. in bed with her. It's nine o'clock in the morning. If I have to, at, at night, if I have to ask her, how are you feeling? And that's something she used to tell me in the beginning too. But yeah. we have just been, we gotten so far in honesty about ourselves and about the people around us that we, 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 we go all the way from being empathic and feeling and just knowing how the other person is feeling because we know ourselves. Right. We know what we feel like. Right. We know what the deviation or variations in other people's moods feel like in our bodies. Right. We went... From there to all the way to being numb and rigid and drunk and and, and having to use uh, substances and pharmaceuticals and alcohol and just to not be able to actually deal with his emotions and feelings to asking people all day long, how are you feeling? Right. You know, the, the, uh, on, on my radio show, I once interviewed a woman who worked with the Aborigines in Australia. And the Aborigines say that in, in their oral tradition that before we had speech we were all able to communicate with the plants and animals and each other psychically and the minerals and that we we actually were more connected and that we could in this sort of energetic way we were so connected with everything but once we learned to talk once we learned speech that connection slowly disappeared and now it's like we're rediscovering it again i firmly believe that we have developed speech only for the sake of creation, speech as a creation is a is a is a tool of creation. Speech mm-hmm. is to literally create things. We developed speech because we knew that it creates it takes our thoughts, takes our emotion, takes our feelings, and it creates them into life. Mm-hmm. And over the years that we have literally been growing up in societies and cultures that have you know not empowered us to be our own people and then all this numbness and suffering and chaos that we experience because we're not allowed to feel, right. and now we're using our speech just very poorly. We're still creating chaos, but mm-hmm. you know, going around all day and saying, hey, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, how you feeling? You know, it's yeah. just so much wasted space and words and wasted magic. Like, I do it. I'm not, I, mean, I actually no, do, it. do it. I ask people how you're doing all day long, but... I never ask somebody how how you doing, and I don't really know how they're doing. I can tell. We can tell immediately. Right. We can ask more specific questions. We can say, "I would really love to know, you know, what's going on with you, how I can help you, or right. just tell me a story, tell me about your life." Right. That's different. Just that quick, how are you doing? We've gotten so numb and desensitized to the empathy. So we are all empaths, and our job is to really get to know ourselves, get to know your energy. A lot of people come to me, and I get it. They say, I don't know what's theirs and what's mine. I get so sucked away with other people's stuff. Well, that's true. It's because you really, we haven't had the opportunity, the experience to get to know ourselves. I know what my energy really feels like. Well, not all the time, but I know it well enough that when somebody comes into the room and I can feel their stuff, yeah, sure, I can get trapped in their own jail if I let it, but I can also just know that they're fine. And this is another brother or sister of mine that's just really showing me a fear that I'm either too afraid to look at or I'm not, that my job right now is to be strong for me and knowing that as I'm strong for me, the person in front of me, their energy will also change. Not by saying anything, but just by feeling strong. I was just, I was asked once, what is my methodology? That's what people ask. You know, I don't know if they expected a specific school or a school of thoughts or philosophy or certification or. Luckily, I have none of that. So, <laughs> no, for real, ignorance is truly a blessing. Yeah. Uh, so, when I was asked what is my methodology, I said my vision, my vision of people is my methodology. The vision that I hold inside of me for you is my methodology, which is true. I I constantly treat people. Uh, you know, as in as as the, as they are in the future, it gets me. You know, it can get me frustrated if I don't pay attention to where they are at right now and I try to rush the process. Uh-huh. But initially, 
And actually, most of the time when I deal with people, and you guys know that, those of you who are in the studio, you know that I do, I treat you like you are going to be or that you where a place you already are you just might not be recognizing it right. and it's not a trick it's not magic i actually just see you that way and it's not that i don't care about your struggle and your trouble i just don't believe it's as big deal as you may be thinking about at this moment um. and i have people telling me i need more attention from you i need you to pay attention because they think i don't care i actually do care mm. but there is a role for vision. There is a role for, it's more than positive thinking. It's literally vibrating in a certain way that you can recognize and you can, I don't want to say attach to, but you can roll with, you can surf with. And that's the role of a guide, of a spiritual teacher or a mystery school teacher, is to really create a space of invitation and a space of possibility that you may not see possible or have enough courage or power to see possible. So instead of you having to write off my energy or somebody else's energy, is to really provide with you, you with a safe space for you to come face to face with your energy. And at first, especially in the mystery school, you will be faced with your dark energy, with your negative energy. Mm -hmm. And only when you recognize it as pure energy and you realize that you yourself are making the switch, you are choosing to feel separated because you got out of the womb. Mm-hmm. you are literally just mulling over this idea oh my god I was just I was exiled from Eden I was exiled from the womb I was exiled like now I'm going to have to worry about my own food which is really not true mm-hmm. yeah. life still provides the food Right. we don't have to create it in space and somehow deliver it in here we just have to work with nature right. we have to be in harmony with nature and that's you know that's our biggest lesson right now yeah, oh. and, and oh. sorry, <laughs> confusion of signals there for That's a second. Good. Um, Finally, I was going to ask you before: How would you teach your son about knowing his energy? I mean, he's young; he's he's three and a half, going on four. Let's just say he's six or seven or eight. How would you teach your son about knowing his I, energy? I, you know, I, I tell you what I do now is I use the words "trust yourself." Okay, I do. I do. I do it a lot with him. When he says things, things I'm like, okay, trust yourself. It's okay, because yeah. I can see. And how does he react to you saying that? It doesn't. Too? The best is that he's not. Ah, okay. Like, I really feel fortunate that he doesn't talk back. Not that he talks back, like in terms of like uh, disrespect, but he doesn't mm-hmm. say things. When I tell him things that really matter, mm-hmm. it seems like he just either doesn't say anything, or he says okay. Wow. And you know, I really appreciate that. I, it's the little things. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely the little things. I, I do tell him, hey, you know, whatever you want to do, it's okay. Trust yourself. Um, and I mean, isn't that the biggest lesson for all of us to trust ourselves? Definitely, 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 the biggest lesson. Uh, it's this. I mean, that's I I I think that's the the one of the changes I see in myself over the last two years is I trust myself more than before. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and that's huge. And, and it's not like I set out to like, oh, I'm going to go work on trusting myself more now. No, it was just sort of the natural evolution of the process and how uh, and the experiences and, and everything that all of a sudden it's like now I can reflect back and say, oh, I'm trusting myself more. But when I was in the middle of the process, I'm not sure I could have vocalized that. I'm not sure I could. I had that awareness of that. That's was what was actually happening at the time. That's right. That's right. And you know it because, especially when you get pushed or pushed against, and then you realize, no, actually, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. And you let. And I'll tell you how I know it, please, because this came to me earlier this month. Was being able to say no to people and not feel bad about it. Hmm. You know, when somebody called me up last minute and it was like, hey, I know you're doing a session tonight. Can I come? And I was just like, no. <laughs> and it's like it, and there was some negotiation there. And I'm like, no, this just doesn't feel right. Maybe next time. But things are kind of set. And, you know, I've been working on this for a while now. And no. And I had no guilt. I had no shame. I had no bad feelings about it. 
that I really felt good just saying no. In the past, it would have eaten at me a little bit. In the past, I would have felt a little... Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a trip because when we trust ourselves and we actually... We can tell because life... life we experience flow. Yeah. When we trust ourselves and it's the right thing, we experience flow. I can always... The reason why I enjoy never doing any marketing is because it gives me a very, very real live litmus test or whatever the word is. Yeah, litmus test. Really live, like where I'm at. Like yeah. this is where I'm at. This is what life right now is pulling towards me. And I have friends who tell me, hey, listen, it's your job to market. If you really believe that you have good things that you need to market, it's not yet, not at this stage. At this stage, we're laying down such a, such a spiritual foundation for the, you know, mystery school, online and offline, right. that we need to be so clear with what we're putting out. We need to get immediate feedback that I believe, I do believe that people do get taken advantage of right now. People, you know, if if you call, I'm amazed that if you call people up and you invite them and you say, hey, I really like it to be there, they actually will come, a lot of them. But then they come and they, they they want you to be happy because they came, because you invited them. And it's the whole thing just starts off really, really off. So I'm really, really uh, working hard to practice this uh, organic organicness of true marketing, which is doing good work. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too Balance my chemistry Hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps back beautiful people of the yeah. community of waking waking together which really means feeling safe enough to learn how to sleep again so we can uh-huh. dream again see we don't get enough rest we don't dream we're just running and running and running and run. even all of you in the personal development the spiritual world if you're not getting good sleep if you're not truly giving your body rest so it can go back to the default state of dreaming, really, really remembering who you are, then it's all just talk. It's, it's, it's crucial for us to learn how to dream again. As a mystery school teacher and guide, I hope to provide with a safe and you know, a safe space for you to actually not wake up, to actually sleep, <laughs> to dream, to dream again, to have good yeah. rest. So your daydreams can come back. You need your daydreams. You need those childhood fantasies and the place of innocence where you thought that everything was possible. What is it? What is it that you've been wanting to do? What is it that life is trying to remind us with you? That's the biggest question. Right. You know, before you talked about, you know, people talking about their past and their troubles and this and that. And it was like, how long? How long? Because I remembered you, you talked once about how you wanted to sort of cut down the amount of time people spend talking about what's quote unquote wrong so that we can cut down that amount of time so we can spend more time dreaming and more time visioning the future and more time coming up with things like, yeah, I want to do a TED Talk or for somebody else I want to hold a workshop or for somebody else I want to change my career and start seeing clients and do energy work, whatever it happens to be. And I think that's so, so important that, yeah, there's a place, there's a time and place for like, you know, healing wounds and stuff like that, but it should be a smaller percentage than the amount of time that we spend dreaming. That's right. And that means that's why it's having more courage to follow through in my own visions and your own dreams because knowing that, you know, I know my time with people is extremely valuable and, 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 and my presence itself is healing. And yet if I don't set the parameters, if I don't say, hey, it's going to happen in 20 to 40 minutes and this is what we're going to do. 
yeah. if I don't say, if I don't uh, set up the container and go, all right, well, in the next half hour, you can only talk about the future or how you're feeling in the present. You know, I'm not talking about anxiety or, you know, who did wrong to you. We can do it, just right. not the whole time, because right. I, I find that y- there is a place for it, there is a need for it, but it doesn't mean it has to be done with me. Right. Right. You know, and that's something that we need to like. What is my, what is what is my personal gift and genius, which it's ultimately the truth. I believe that everyone has a genius, but the, your genius lies in your truth. Mm. When you express your truth, that's your genius. Yeah. And we know that anybody that's ever made a big difference, they were a little weird, right? But yeah. they told you the truth. Right. Right. Yeah. They they weren't afraid to like be different. That's right. Yeah. And and. And to be, you know, relics or whatever the whatever whatever the works whatever the words are like eccentric, eccentric, whatever it means. Like sometimes just telling the truth. The people we, here's the thing: the people that we judged and we mocked are probably the people that we are needing to become in some way, <laughs> shape, form. Right, because it was our own fear uh, mocking that with inside ourselves. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. Play, you know, again, it's it's the reminder to surrender to the cosmic womb, to to surrender to the fact that, you know, you lost the privilege to need your parents and the caretakers from the moment you were being born. Like the whole point is to for you to find your own journey and to find your own journey of acceptance because it's about acceptance. Vision, even vision is accepting because vision doesn't come from you. It comes from life through you. Mm, and yeah. people have a hard time with vision, but people have a hard time with giving themselves space, period. Right. Listen, I can talk about this for 72 episodes, but I'll tell you right now that if I didn't spend, you know, if I didn't spend the two hours today that I spent just walking around and making notes and seeing what comes up, yesterday, you know, I took, you know, 45 minutes and, spent it in a tree house and just wrote Mm. some notes i have to spend an hour every day with myself just literally it feels like doing nothing with a either with a computer or notebook or my phone just writing random notes i wouldn't be here and i i hope that the one hour can grow into four and five hours because I know for a fact that giving myself space to just contemplate and to meditate on life and to see what comes, to see what life has is trying to dream through me, what life is trying to imagine itself through me, what life wants to remind you through my behavior, not just through my actions, but through who I am. It's crucial, it's important, and I think we, the 21st century mystic needs to be able to give themselves, herself, yourself, himself really time every day you know minimum 45 minutes to be on your own and it doesn't have to be in meditation it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in some specific practice as a matter of fact it should just it should be random you should shake it up you should do it differently every couple of days but definitely be with yourself get to know the observer get to know the listener get to know the part of you that's watching all of this because what you really are after is your daydream. What you really are after is your actual dreams that have brought you here. And, you know, we don't need to be so amazed with synchronicities and serendipity and uh, coincidences and amazing connections that happen. This is all kindergarten spirituality. We know this stuff. You already know that when you listen... You can see all of your life coming together just the way you secretly imagine it to be. Your life is definitely a combination of your imagination and what you believe about yourself. We can talk about it a million times, mm-hmm. but until you actually get that, right. then you, you, you are literally using energy the wrong way. You're using your own energy to just turn and, and literally you could be wasting your time. Right. And and you need both components, right? It's not just about imagination. It's also about how you feel about yourself. It's not just how you feel about yourself. It's how you feel about yourself combined with your imagination. And people, I think, sometimes forget that those two components work hand in hand. 
Well, it's like the yin and the yang and the masculine and the feminine, the push and the pull. You can look at your imagination as the place of creation. It's what's creating. It's how you are making meaning through all of your senses. I mean, in the cosmic sense. And then how you feel about yourself is really the feminine aspect of embrace, of mm. acceptance, of Mother Earth. Yeah. So you have you have it both within you. There's a place there's a place in you that's doing, that's making meaning, and then there is the feminine aspect in you that's aware, that's quiet, mm. that's present, and that is where you can see how you actually feel about yourself. And yeah, and and that's so beautiful because right, if we're being embraced by this cosmic womb. Right, we're being birthed by both our masculine and our feminine. We're bringing together our complementary sides in an exercise in this mystery school to create the future we dream of. Hmm. So, what practice? Uh, you know, are you? Tell us about between this TED talk and the next TED talk. What do you foresee yourself like? What's going to be a little different? So you can actually, you know. Mm. I know this one you kind of waited for it to be over <laughs> I know I get that because it was such a big deal yeah, yeah but yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. next do you have a recording of it uh, yeah they recorded it they recorded it and it will be available on their website tedxupperwestside.com cool once they post it I asked the guy if he had an idea how long it would take he, he wasn't sure but um, I mean the hardest thing for me will now be going to that video and watching it myself um, but I'll learn a lot from doing that Oh, and before I forget, I want to do a big shout out to our engineer, George, because he actually helped me quite a bit with preparing this TED Talk. And he gave me some amazing insight and very valuable advice um, that helped me to really pull it all together. So a big thank you to George, our oh, engineer. Well, I'm so excited to see you here, George. It's, uh, you're everywhere now. Everywhere. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, any... This is, you know, go ahead. Let's close out the show with whatever you can uh, do, gift us with, Mr. Sam. So between now and the next TED Talk was the question. And really now it's just about, you know, what are the bigger dreams? You know, what are the more that I want to do? The thing I really learned with this talk was it's about reaching people's hearts. It's about, you know, making the talk a gift that's not a self-promotional item, but it's about... M- creating an idea that's worth spreading that's what ted is all about ideas worth spreading and it's next time it's taking it to the next level Uh, i talked about consciousness who knows what i'll talk about next time but i just know it's to focus more on connecting to people's hearts and to giving them a real gift of my heart so that they have an idea worth spreading